Good to go. Okay, hey everyone, um, welcome to the ATP Fitness uh, Podcast uh, with myself, uh, Kian. And today I'm joined by Kevin O'Regan, um, physio and owner of the Physio Centre in Donnybrook, Douglas Cork. So uh, many of you, you know um, uh, Kevin already, a lot of our clients would have uh, worked with Kevin before. He's uh, helped a lot of people through uh, injuries and other issues that they, they may have had. Uh, we ourselves, we have, we have a fantastic relationship uh, with Kevin built up over the last uh, few years. So we're delighted to welcome him onto our podcast uh, here today. So a lot of our clients uh, already know uh, you, Kevin, uh, know of you and have worked with you before. But uh, for those of you who, uh, or those of them who don't know you, um, uh, first of all, thanks, thanks for, for joining me. And would you mind just giving them uh, a little bit of an introduction to yourself, a bit of background um, uh, to, to you and your, your, your clinic uh, and, and your mission? Yeah, thanks a lot, Kim, for inviting us on anyway. I really, really appreciate it. Um, you have a fantastic setup down at ATP. And um, as you said, we have a fantastic relationship. It's nearly like we're under the one roof, you know. It's great to... You know, we're, we're there working on injuries, um, but as you know and I know, a big part of that is um, strength and to build strength around it. And your, your great framework there and your expertise of your staff to, to do that is just invaluable. So that's great. Thanks a lot for that. Um, so I suppose maybe people might know a lot about my own history. They'll know, maybe some people know where I am up in Donnybrook Hill, but I suppose my story started about 1982, uh, many moons ago, um, when my father uh, decided to go over to Oxford in the UK and study in acupuncture, traditional Chinese medicine. And uh, I remember him coming back with all these books and he gave me one of his traditional Chinese books and he said, would you ask me those questions? You know, so to a 12-year-old asking questions about five element and eight principles was double dutch to me, but after a while it became normalized and I started to get a bit of an interest in all these, you know, roadways and around the body that were called meridians and how blockages in those meridians would lead to disease and, and trouble for people, you know? So uh, being the entrepreneur that he was, you know, because my father, you'd come home from school and he could have the hallway full of iron jumpers, like he'd have half the North side knitting jumpers for him and selling them on to, uh, rich Americans coming into Cork Airport and managing bands and stuff like that. So the entrepreneur that he was, he went away and he set up a college of traditional Chinese medicine and he actually trained a lot of the acupuncturists that would be uh, qualified to this day. So I was, again, kind of, I suppose, maybe kind of 15 or 16 at this stage and, um, you know, these visiting lectures coming in from various parts of the country and parts of the world gave me lectures and being able to, I suppose, chat to those fellas. Some fellas were teaching me the Boron and some guys were teaching me about various um, roots of traditional Chinese medicine and, 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 and different crafts. So that was a fantastic exposure. And like, I kind of nearly felt like I had a qualification by the time I was finished my leaving search, you know, because it was just that to be immersed in that um, from a kind of a, a non-inhibited way because it was a little bit like a, a flowing tap but just I just absorbed it I was like a sponge you know so for me I kind of knew what I wanted to do then from a, from a, a, a young age um, in the respect that I wanted to go into the healthcare industry but the question is what was I going to do was I going to be an acupuncturist or an osteopath or you know whatever so 
I chose physiotherapy because um, I felt it had everything for me. It was mainstream. It was um, recognized because acupuncture at that time, I suppose, would have been very alternative and it would have been seen maybe a little bit voodoo. <laughs> so I suppose they, I went more mainstream to, um, I suppose, get, get that solid qualification under my belt. So I qualified in um, 1992, 28 years ago, spent two years in the UK working around hospitals. But really, ultimately, I wanted to have my own place. So it was just I wanted to see, I wanted to experience different things. And I came back to Cork in 1994. Uh, I saw these jobs being offered in the States, you know, and Dubai, you know, big money. I was thought, Jesus, this would be great. I'll go here and do this. So I go to Skibbereen for six months, wrote a little article for the Southern Star and uh, turned up on a Monday morning to uh, 10 farmers waiting for me at the West Cork Hotel. And the rest is history. I stayed there for uh, three, four years. And um, I was offered a job then by uh, the Cork Intercounty Inter uh, football and hurling teams uh, up in the city. So I ended up working with Larry Tonkins and Jimmy Barry Murphy from 96 to 2000. And fantastic experience, like on the presidential yeah, carriage going up to Dublin, dealing with, you know, stars at the time. And, you know, I was still quite young, like I was 26. So it was a real, it was a great springboard for me. And then I set up a clinic in Glamour in conjunction with that, which I had up until... Um, last year, where now I'm solely in Donnybrook and Douglas, which was set up in 2012. I suppose I just wanted to have the one clinic at one time. I was thinking I'd have a few clinics, but really, to be honest with you, my ethos is about, it's about hands-on, being on the tools, helping the people. And I felt, was I going to do a business model? Or was I going to do a healing model and a helping model? And for me to get my head in the game, I felt the one clinic was the place for me to go. And um, as I said, this, this is a, a kind of a, a start and finish for me really in Donnybrook Hill because this is this is where I really enjoy going to work and I really enjoy the people I work with and um, that's about it. So that's a story from A to Z. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's brilliant and, and, and it is a testament to you that like, you know, you are so hands-on because a lot of the feedback we get is like, you know, uh, comparing to other physios, you, you really take that hands-on uh, approach uh, more so than let's say other experiences I would have had or other experiences I know a lot of our clients would have had before so you kind of really uh, get stuck in and trying to like find the root of the problem uh, and and work on that um, as 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 opposed to this kind of I think a lot of people think with physios unfortunately it's like ah uh, you know come back there for another 10, se 10 sessions and, and we'll fix you um, so you're, you're a lot more metallic in your in your approach and um, get a lot more hands-on with your clients which is fantastic to see yeah so, I suppose my um, my with, with with the thing because I've tried so many different ways to do it I suppose over 28 years you're not going to be doing it the same way all the time and um, I suppose I did try the electrotherapy the interferential machines and the ultrasounds and all that uh, and I found that it just wasn't Look, everyone's different, and I'm not going to say that one way is better than another way or the person down the road shouldn't be doing it that way, but I'm saying the way that works for me and the way that I feel I work at my best is when I have my hands on the patient. And um, I suppose I've always strived to find the best way I could get the patient better in as quick as time as possible. And um, I suppose the ethos that I've built around that really is to help the patient to help themselves. And I suppose I look at it like, 
I suppose when the patient walks in the door, you know, it's normally a firefighting exercise because they come in with, you know, they've got a locked neck or they've got a locked back or they've got a, a, a sore knee because they can't run on it or they've got a sore ankle. So what's the quickest way I can get them out of pain? You know, and I've always, you know, when I started out, there was no internet. So it was very frustrating is that I suppose I, I found it very difficult. I was always trying to, I suppose, um, try and feed off, you know, great people in the industry, but it was hard to meet them. So mm. I was even sometimes down in West Cork looking for bone setters and just wanted to talk to them, you know, and uh, talking to different, not just physios, but talking to different professions, different different healers, you know. And, um, you know, my stuff, my profession is evidence-based, you know, but I'm trying to, you know, look at the evidence, but also look at my intuition as well in with that. Because sometimes, in my view, it's not black and white. There's a little bit of gray in between. You have to do what's right for the patient. So there's the firefighting aspect, and then there's the, you know, let's get them right, but then identify what caused that lock back in the first place. And then once you isolate what caused the lock back is let's look at prevention maintenance. What strategies can we do to fix their rotated hip or to fix their tight pectoral muscle which, impact, which is impacting on their shoulder and it's affecting their overhead press? Or why can't they get into the squat because they have a bit of impingement in around their hip? So identify that give them exercises to get out of that, which we work very well with yourselves down at ATP, and then do some hands-on prevention maintenance. So you might be coming for me for more than three or four sessions, but it's going to be on a prevention maintenance point of view, free out the knots and, and maintain that, as opposed to go down that rabbit hole of, you know, I've got the pain, I've, I've got the pain, I'm going to get the pain treated, and then good luck and God bless and thanks. And then they're back in a few weeks or a few months later with the same problem, which eventually causes more degeneration, disease, arthritis, and eventually the big industry out there and people getting hip and knee replacements, you know? So I think if we get those people early enough and prevention maintenance, that's where the policy policy should be. You know, even from a government policy point of view, that's where it should be. Not, not, not medication. That's a, that's, that's a kind of a, 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 again, a firefighting exercise. You know, there is a place for it. Um, but you've got, you've got to get to the nub of the, of the root cause and that goes all the way back to 1982, you know, when I was chatting to my dad. Right. Uh, I, I think that's why, uh, I think that's why we've been able to build such a solid relationship as well. Because when I think a lot of um, uh, your patients, when they arrive into you, um, they just kind of maybe expect you to just fix them, whereas you understand that you know that there's a greater issue, and you might be able to firefight the, the pain or alleviate the pain but they then have to go away and, and strengthen up or they may have to go away and do a little bit of, bit of training to make those muscles stronger in the prevention sense that, you know, it's not going to come back again and they're not going to have to be walking through your door um, forevermore. Yeah, and, 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 and there's also a little bit, there's the patient as well that likes to come in and they're looking for me to press the button to make them better, you know. Mm -hmm. They want what's called passive treatment, you know, so they want to come in, they want to get the treatment done and they want instant results, you know, and, you know, I've got, I've got some tricks up my sleeve that I can go, oh yeah, I feel great, but you have to be part of it. You have to be part of that thing because you own your body. I don't own it, you own it. So you've got to take responsibility for that. And I suppose what's, what's come into that then over my career and I would have, again, not really been aware of this at all when I started out is that is the mental health aspect of it and the whole awareness of your body you know 
and trying to peel back the emotions and peel back, you know, why me or, you know, I've, I've got this pain and I'm getting stressed out and I can't do this or I can't do that. Like that is all the ego, you know, so you need to get, get over your ego, get over the blame game and become aware and peel those emotions back and get down to the nitty gritty of you got to make this machine, this God given miracle machine that we have the best way it can. But you have to be part of that. You know, you got to take responsibility for it. So you're talking about community um, people taking more responsibility. Myself and Ian are always talking about, you know, we, we live in this age of instant gratification and people want results now or they want you uh, to fix them now, but without maybe fully understanding that they need to also put the work and the effort in um, to get them there. Exactly, exactly. And it's, uh, and there's so many, you know, there's, 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 there's really... A, a, like if you look at life through those goggles, you know, if you look at life through those goggles of awareness, uh, everything looks a bit different, you know, it's, it's trying to just be in that. And if you look at this whole crisis that we're in at the moment, you know, my own experience of, you know, I finished work on the 16th of, of March. Uh, you know, we do a little, I do a little bit of hospital work as well, just kind of, but, but, but not much, um, you know, and especially during this crisis. Uh, it was it had a huge impact on me, you know, and you know to have to close the doors, uh, you know, obviously there's the financial impact, you know, uh, and there's also the change of routine impact, and you know when I'm going to work, throwing people around beds, I don't mean literally, <laughs> but moving people around beds for for 28 years, and now I'm not, and I'm doing something completely different. I needed to really reevaluate my own myself and my purpose in life you know uh, because my purpose had changed you know I wasn't uh, in work trying to help people I was I was at home and with, with, with my family and you know it took me a good two weeks to readjust um, and I think I was maybe eating too much and I wasn't exercising and I was you know just getting kind of unmotivated really with the whole situation but like thankfully I've got skills that I've learned over the years um, that I was able to um, I suppose look at and 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 get myself some sort of a platform for myself personally because you know we all have to take personal responsibility as I said earlier on for ourselves but during this crisis it's never been so important and if you flip that you can actually make it a positive. Now, I'm not saying it's positive that we're going through this COVID crisis. It's terrible with, 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 with all these people dying in the hospitals. It's just terrible. But, you know, use the time. Uh, like, for I, people often come into me and say, Kevin, I'm cash rich and time poor. Well, now you're time rich, you know? Yeah. So use, use that time to do the things that you said, if I had time, I'm going to do this, right? So use that time. So I've started to get out and I'm trying to do little projects around the garden try not to hurt myself because these are different skills and activities that I wouldn't be used to and trying to get into a little bit of a routine like getting up in the morning making my bed and try not to sit down watching too much Netflix or trying to not listen listening to too much of the news but create nearly a kind of a work routine nearly like a working week uh, so that's that's my own experience that I've gone through now I've got the, the four children you know and they they'll They'll test your um, your your conscious spirituality or whatever you want to call it any time of the day. You know, if you can handle those screams, you can handle anything. But uh, 
you know, I'm spending a lot more time with them than I would have otherwise, you know, and I mean, you have to see that as a blessing, you know, because, you know, they'll grow up and, you know, probably leave home eventually. It really is fantastic advice for people because, um, yes, it, it does, there's a huge amount of negativity out there and there's a lot of bad things happening, but we can still take positives from it. And I think uh, like the situation you're in at home with, with uh, four kids, I think a lot of our uh, clientele, a lot of our listeners will be able to relate to you and to your situ situation. Um, and, you know, having to close your business and completely uh, upheave your, da your daily routine and how it's taken you uh, weeks to find a new routine. Uh, and I, I think a lot of people will be in that same position. Um, and we just like hope that people will be able to find a new routine. You, you now have found uh, that, that new routine um, where you're at home with your family, uh, but it's just helping um, others to be able to reassess, as you said, their purpose, their mission um, uh, from, from, from this new world that we're living in, basically. Uh, so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's fantastic advice for pe people who now find themselves uh, in a position where their, their routine is completely gone in window. But also, you know, I'm, I'm not being, a, I'm not standing on the pulpit here saying this is what you should, you know, I'm saying th these are options. This is a palette of things that maybe will help. And I'll get into more of that in a minute. But also not to be too hard on yourself, you know, because, you know, there's a lot of people out there saying you should do this, you should do that, and you, should, you shouldn't do this, you know. So, like, you know, it, it, people mightn't be ready to accept that. And, and, they, and they might get hard on themselves because they think this is what I should be doing and I can't do it. What's wrong with me? You know, so you have to go with your heart, right? You have to go what's right in yourself. And in the end of the day, you'll, you, you'll know deep down what's right and what's wrong. You know, you're going to know, like if you're sitting down for, you know, seven hours watching a box set the odd day. Okay, look, that's fine. You know what I mean? I love better Colossal. Like I could sit down and watch that whole thing and break it bad and the whole thing again, right? But I'll choose, like, you know, that's a choice. And if I choose to do that, I will know that I'll probably be a bit stiff after. But the fact is, I'll be aware of that choice and I'm going to do it. So it's creating that awareness and the choice, I think, is important. And knowing what's right and what's wrong, as opposed to being in it and not knowing what you're doing. So I suppose the real, the, the, the whole theme of this needs to be create the awareness and know, right, there's options here. Yeah, because as, as you say, it's, um, it's, it centers around creating that awareness. So as you say, it's, it's people who are like mindlessly just consuming um, endless hours of like Netflix and negative social media. Uh, whereas if you create that awareness of, uh, of what you're doing, then you mm -hmm. have a choice. You have a choice to either uh, keep Keep, keep consuming all that media or you have a choice to maybe uh, make a change uh, and start taking maybe more positive uh, steps um, because as you, as you said like this time can be used as an opportunity to develop new skills to spend more time with your family uh, to read a book to do a bit of exercise so, so what, what would your uh, advice <coughs> advice for people um, be who, who now find themselves working from home um who who are not used to working from home and maybe keeping them uh pain free because i suppose those people might kind of now be doing a lot less moving around the place 
they might be sitting at a kitchen table on a on a kitchen chair as opposed to in an office on a, on a, a proper on a proper desk and on a, a proper uh, chair setup. So, what's your advice there for for people in you know keeping mobile and keeping um, fit and healthy? Uh, okay, so you've just touched on a few things there, right? So the first thing um, is to you, you could kind of sieve that out a little bit, and you could say there's different populations, right? So there is the person at home that's working, but there's also the person at home that's not working, you know, like myself. There's also the children at home um, that aren't at school, that are restricted, you know, they can't play with their friends. And there's also the elderly person that's maybe cocooning, that's not leaving the house at all. So there's, you know, there's different populations and there's going to be a little bit of an overlap. So I'll just give a kind of an overview, I suppose, on what I think, should be the preventions, you know, this is about the, the awareness part of it. Now we're just, we're just giving a little bit of an awareness of what should I do to prevent? And what I mean prevent is um, prevent pains and aches and tightness and stiffness and also lethargy and, you know, maybe lack of motivation because look, mind, body, spirit, they're all connected. Let's, let's be honest. Like they're not, they're not different um, departments. They're all really, they all, one, one works into the other one. So what I'd say from um, a, a prevention point of view, look, TV is going to be top of the list, you know. So uh, and maybe prevention, okay, I'm not saying avoid TV, look, I love TV, and we'll sit down and watch it as a family, we'll sit down and watch a family movie, but just try and limit, you know, your time on it. Like for me, I try not to go on the TV during the day because, you know, I would normally go on it during the day when I'm working. My kids would normally be in school. So trying to look at it, like, what will we be all normally doing now? My kids would be in school. I'd be in work. And, uh, you know, that's... So So trying to look at it that way. So maybe leave it till after six o'clock. And if you want to watch a family movie or, um, you know, watch... I like to watch RT, you know. I like to watch the, the, the shows on there. Uh, maybe if you watch the soaps or whatever, you normally watch the soaps, watch them. But do what you normally do, but try not to do more than that, you know. Yeah. And if you want to binge watch the odd time, the very odd time, that's fine. But just be aware that, you know, if you're sitting down all the time, it's not optimal for your body because you're sat in a fetal position, depending on the type of seat you're in. So if you're on a low couch, you're going to be a lot more closed up. So your body, your body doesn't like to be in that position for long periods of time because it creates a lot of stagnation through the blood flow in the body. And it creates a lot of tight points like through your neck, through your chest, through your hips. And a lot of inhibited muscles then through the back of the shoulders and down into the legs. And that can manifest in pains, like, you know, so you can get neck pain and back pain and, you know, pain in odd areas, like, you know, uh, maybe a pain on the side of your foot uh, or a pain in around your kneecap. And somebody might say, oh, I have runner's knee, but in actual fact, the runner's knee could be caused from sitting watching TV maybe six or seven hours a day or sitting at the desk six or seven hours a day. So TV would be one. I'd say the phone, like, again, phone is attached to our hips all the time. and um, you know, I think we need to be very aware of that, um, of, you know, the posture on the phone. Uh, so try to really limit that. In the start, I was watching a lot of news feeds and I was trying to be careful in the start what I was watching, you know, only from reliable sources because there's a lot of, you know, conspiracy theorists out there. I think there's always going to be those 10 or 15 percent, you know, we won't even get into that. <laughs> consuming, yeah. I heard about a fella Neil Prindable this morning. Oh my God. Anyway, uh, so, uh, but just trying to limit the mobile phone use, as I said, from a, a, 
just even from a content point of view, you know, because I think a lot of that stuff feeds fear, you know, and um, ultimately a, a healthy body is trying to get out of that fear factor. Uh, so, so trying to just limit that, you know, I think would be important. Um, and also, That's really good advice because I don't think people, if someone's sitting on the couch for, let's say, hours at a time, they probably don't have that awareness of the impact it is having on their body and their muscles. No, because they're watching the show and they're engrossed in it. And, you know, TV programs, like, I suppose, um, they, they elicit emotions. And once you're in that emotional state, you're not going to be aware, you know. Mm-hmm. You're going to be getting teared up if you're watching a sad film or you're, getting, you're going to you're clenching your mouth if you're watching a, an action film. So, like, you're, you're not in awareness at all. And uh, your body is just hanging on there. It's just there on automatic pilot. And it's, it's not... You know, again, I'm not anti-TV, but I'm just saying be careful of that. And also with the phone, I'm not anti-phone. They can be good. But, be, you know, don't be sitting up on your phone for an hour before you go to bed, you know, yeah. uh, because the light from the screen is going to have an impact on your sleeping patterns, you know, and don't be getting up in the morning going on your phone. So I think just, again, the awareness around that, limited. Yeah. Um, and so so you, you touched there on, like, you know, uh, it was an interest point on the, the different populations so maybe, um, like, would you have different advice depending on, like, you know, what, whatever category um, people fall into, whether it's kind of, as you say, uh, people, like, who, who are now working from, from home who normally would, wouldn't work at home, but then contrast them to people who aren't working at home. And then I suppose you have young versus elderly. Um, so, like, would you, would you have different advice for the different, like, categories of people? Yeah, well, I suppose, look... Um I suppose the person that, that, that is working from home is, is obviously in a desk-based job. The fact that they, they can do it from home, like I can't work from home because I'm in, a, I, I'm in a hands-on job. Block layer couldn't obviously work from home. So if they're in a desk-based job, they're sitting at the computer screen and work anyway, right? So they're sitting, on the, are, are, are sitting at the computer screen, are preferably in a, at, at, at a standing station. Uh, now, not maybe, look, I might be slightly wrong there. I mean, I'm not covering all scenarios, right? Um, but say for the most part, I know most people working from home, they might be in kind of pharma jobs or they might be in uh, call centers, you know, like an old Leia and all their staff are working at home. So if you look at that sitting person, they should be aware of their sitting posture, but they might have a limit on, the, um, on, on, on their workstation at home. So really look at their workstation, you know, the height of their screen, um, again, a lot of the pharma companies, they'll, they, they will have had a ergonomist in to go through the height of the screen with people looking at the top third of the screen, try not to hunch their body sitting in an upright posture. But ideally, you know, they come out with these seats and they say this is an optimal seat for sitting, but sitting for 40 hours a week isn't optimal. So, you know, trying to get a sit to stand desk. And again, it's going to be difficult in this climate because we can't go chopping for a sit to stand desk. So trying to just maybe compensate for that, finding a countertop in the house that you can work from or getting out of your seat every 20 minutes to a half an hour. Trying to sit straight at your screen. If you've got two screens, don't be sat in one position on the seat looking at one screen to the right while you're then turning your head back looking at the screen straight ahead. So, you know, and again, a lot of people in sitting jobs should be aware of that anyway. Um, But it's, it's what's going to play into that, I think, is the fact that they're working from a home environment. So it's motivation. They're in a house, which is normally a place of family and rest and recreation. So it's trying to get in a work mode while they're at home. 
So what I would say around that is I would look at um, getting the routine again going, you know, getting up in the morning at, at their work time, making their bed, uh, uh, get out of bed, uh, have, have a cold shower. It sounds a bit, you know, maybe shocked to the body, been proven to boost the immune system, reduce inflammation. There's a guy out there called Wim Hof. I don't know if you heard of him, Kian, but uh, he, they call him the Iceman. And he's, he's, he did a lot of, he broke a lot of Guinness Book of Records um, over the years. And uh, scientists now are starting to investigate him and they've, they've done crazy stuff like inject him with a coli and they found it really had little or no effect on him because of the techniques that he does in comparison to the likes of you or me that would get violently sick. So he can willingly boost his immune system. And one of the ways he does that is, have, is, is immersion in, in cold icy water. Now that's not an option at the moment, but a cold shower might be as, as good as you could do. He does these breathing techniques as well. Um, and it uh, might be worth looking into. Again, I'm not advocating anything. People can make up their own minds. I'm just reading the book at the moment called The Iceman. I think it's really, really good. So cold ice shower in the morning and then get out and do a few flowing type exercises. Now, we set up an Instagram page there. It's called The Physio Center. Right. And in that, what we've got is we're going to have a lot of good uh, health videos on it. Um, and the first one going out is by Jennifer Curtin. Uh, she's great, great, fantastic uh, employee. She's um, she's got a degree in sports and exercise medicine and or sports and exercise science, and she's also got a master's in physio. So what she's be, be going to be doing is giving you fantastic flowing type exercises, which is kind of like turning the tap on and getting the blood flowing. Um, and it's it's great. It brings it washes out the toxins and it brings heat into the body. Something that warm will stretch better. So. Looking at that video would be a really nice thing to do. So get out of bed, have the cold shower, do your few exercises, put your clothes on, go downstairs, have, you know, a, a, a healthy breakfast. I know you had a nutritionist on there. He gave some fantastic advice. You know, listen, listen to that podcast, go onto his site. And I won't get into the dietary part of it, but keep it very, very simple. And do what you'd normally do on a working week and get into your office space, get into your room. This is my room. And as I said, try and set it up in a way that you have an option to stand, you know. Standing down in the kitchen at a countertop where there's kids running around might be the easiest way to focus. So having a room that you can designate that this is my work room, I'm literally walking into work here, and when I walk out the door, I'm at home. You know, so trying to try, trying to use those strategies and, uh, and then trying to incorporate exercise into that. You know, so like your, your 10,000 steps a day, um, and you know the fantastic hit videos that you're doing there, working on cardio, strength, and uh, looking at uh, body weighted type exercises to get to get the tone through the body. So you're 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 addressing your okay. The guy's sitting at home working, but he's still getting his other aspects of his life right because he still has to sit at home on a night with his family, uh, and he wants to peel away that whole emotion that I've been working at home. And I'm dealing with these customers and try to limit, okay, I work till six o'clock and that's it. Don't be taking emails at seven, eight, nine, ten o'clock. No, I, I, I clock off at six and that's it. Don't be sitting there at 10 or 11 at night answering some emails from a fellow in the States. You know, I mean, everybody needs time off. Yeah, it's um, great. So it's really about like, you know, finding or changing your mindset and, and in, into finding like a new routine. So like, you know, as, yeah. as you say, like, you know, um, shifting uh, from what we were doing before to the new situation we now find in. And if people were to take on board that advice um, and um, 
and do, as you said there, with regards to like, you know, uh, from getting up in the morning to going to bed at night, they probably find themselves in a much more positive place uh, yeah. and, and be in a much more better place, uh, both mind and body. Um, so, but, again, but again, doing it through the goggles of awareness, that's mm-hmm. the point, that it's not, it's not an automatic, you know, because there's so many people going around in the automatic, and when they go around in the automatic, they will walk in my door and they'll be in trouble, you know? So I don't want you to come into me. I don't want to see people in trouble. I want them to help themselves and not go into the automatic. But when they come in, I will give them the awareness that they need to help themselves. And after that, it's up to yourself. Yeah, you, you can only give them the, 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 the tools and the support. It's kind of on them then to take action on it. Um, so I actually remember, sorry, to, I just want to, this yeah. just very quick story and it's, it's, it's very quick. There was a course I went on there a few years ago, and it was in um, it was in the Alexander technique, right? And this guy, he 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 is a kind of his own slant in the Alexander technique. It's kind of an interactive thing, and he told the story of this guy that came to his course, and the and the Alexander technique at the time was very much that this guy's slant on it was very much about this awareness. So this this fellow went to his course anyway, and. Um, he met him a year later and he went up and he gave him a mouthful of, of abuse, you know. And he said, what's the story? He said, I went on your bloody course, he said. And since I went on it, he said, I'm aware of everything. He said, I can't believe it. What have you done to me? <laughs> so, <laughs> the, the point is, you know, the point is like, you know, being in awareness is going to, it's going to give you a choice, you know. Yeah. But, you know. And you, you have to take responsibility for that choice. But I prefer to have a choice than have no choice and go through life. What's the point of living? You know? Absolutely. And I think a lot of people kind of live mindlessly. Um, yeah. they, they don't really think, they're on autopilot, as you said, you know, they're not really thinking about your decisions. But when you become more mindful and you have that awareness, you, you, you then have a choice to make, whether it's around your exercise, whether it's around looking after your body, or it's around your, 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 your nutrition. Um, but it's, the, it's that choice that I think... Um, you know, it gives people massive freedom, but it also scares people as well. And so with, uh, with a, lot of, a lot of interest um, uh, there in you coming on to the podcast, Kevin, and we just asked, uh, did uh, any clients have questions on the load came in? So um, if it's okay with you there, we might, we might just uh, go through a few questions that uh, some of the clients sent in to us. Yeah. Yeah. So um, first off, there was how to avoid low back pains and muscle spasms um, not caused by trauma or injury. Okay, um, so that would again be getting back to your kind of postural type back pain, really. So uh, that would be again, like we might be going over some old, old stuff that we talked about there now. But yeah. again, it's getting back the the so how to avoid it, is it? Yeah, how to avoid it. To avoid. Yeah. So again, I it would be sitting. You know, try to limit your sitting. And try to limit your looking down because your head weighs about 12 pounds of weight, believe it or not. And for every inch you bring your head forward, it increases the weight by 10 pounds. There was these um, uh, uh, professors of physics work this out anyway. God knows how they did it. But So if you're looking at a phone, your head is about 50 pounds, which is the equivalent, I think, to a small pig or something. I don't know. I'm, I'm not even going to compare it. But anyway, you believe me. Um, and uh, that all that pressure goes on the back of your neck, right? And it's uh, your neck kind of leads in, into your back. And, uh, you know, so looking down as I'm driving to work in the morning, I see the young fella 
you know, all my young, my young fellas at the bus stop with his friends. And my fella doesn't have a phone, but the other guys do. And they're all looking at their phones. Well, my fella's looking at their phone. And, and uh, you know, it's the impact that that has, you know, on you. Because the amount of young fellas coming into me now with neck pain is crazy, you know. Like, it's, it's these. I never would have seen them before. So the, the population, it's kind of funny because I kind of feel like um, I'm in a little bit of a time capsule, you know. Um, mm. Because I can remember when I was, like, starting out. And the population that came into me for treatment was completely different. It was manual workers, you know. There's a population that comes in now where all people are sitting at desks and looking at computer screens and looking at their mobile phones. And there's a lot more younger people, like teenagers and people in their 20s, coming in with neck and back pain. So the thing is, the answer to your, your questionnaire is, um, what's the difference? Is uh, computers, sitting desks, and mobile phones. So the, the answer is, limit that, you know, limit it. I mean, to me, I'm thinking about getting one of those little Nokia phones and just getting rid of the smartphone, you know, because if it's an extension of your hand, you're going to look at it, you know. And that, that's an amazing point you made there, actually, and something I wouldn't have thought of before, how, how your, over the years, how your uh, claimed population has completely changed. Yeah, yeah, completely. It went from farmers and blockliers to, you know, people with suits on and, you know, uh, sitting up, well, maybe not suits, I know we're a lot more casual in our workplace, aren't we? Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, so... Yeah. Carol was just uh, wanting to know of um, general stretches post-run. Uh, she's doing a lot of running at the moment because uh, she can't get into the gym. And, um, and just a few tips to straighten up her knees. Okay, so um, I worked with this guy in the States a few years ago. Um, his name was Aaron Mattis, uh, and he developed this thing called Active Isolated Stretching. Fantastic man, you know, just amazing. And I spent two trips in Florida in his clinic and uh, he does this thing called active isolated stretching. And what it's based on is if you're trying to release a muscle, it's like your agonist antagonist. If you remember being in school, you've got your, your, your biceps and your triceps. So if, you, if you're trying to release your, your triceps, you contract your, your biceps. And vice versa, if you're trying to release your, your, your quad, you contract your hamstring. So uh, what he, all his stretches are based around that. So, uh, and you also hold the stretches for two seconds. Now it's, it'd be quite difficult for me to explain verbally, but what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put up a video, uh, maybe on that point, I'm gonna put up a video on, on the Instagram page, people can have a look at it. But if we look at the key areas to focus on with running, it would be, um, if we start from, from the legs and work our way up, first of all, it would be the calf and the foot. So you would be doing active stretches of the calf, which would involve keeping your legs straight, pulling your toes up towards your hip, which will contract the muscle on the front of your leg. It will release the muscle behind the back of the leg. And then you would use a strap, not an elasticated strap, a rigid strap, like a yoga strap. You would hold the stretch for two seconds, and then you would come right back out of it again. Now there's different ways you can isolate different parts of the muscle there. There's over 20 different stretches actually for that leg, but that would be a basic one. Um, and then as you come up the leg, if you look in and around the knee, it would be to try to release the quad. Quad is made up of four muscle groups, so it would be release the hip flexor on the front of the hip, so like a lunge stretch. And again, he does kind of varied um, angles and stretches on that, which again, I'll put up on the Instagram page. I'll, I'll, I'll share that. Um, also, uh, so that's it from a stretching point of view, but I would always say it is very important to activate a muscle to, to try and open up space inside the body as well. So... Not even from a well, strengthening would be important, but if you look at it from a muscle activation point of view, so a muscle can be 
fired up. You know, you hear people, I'm going to fire up my muscle or I'm going to strengthen. So firing up a muscle is different to strengthening a muscle. So if you imagine a muscle is like a balloon, which is like a muscle spindle. And what you want to do is you want to fire up that whole muscle spindle or balloon. And there's ways to fire that up. And the key areas to focus on, again, with running will be your hamstring, your glutes, right? Uh, so doing simple stuff, like if, you're, if your listener there has done deadlifts, that kind of hip hinge type of movement is doing double leg hip hinges and then also doing single leg hip hinges, not weighted, just working through a few. And that is fantastic to open up the hips because mm -hmm. lots of people are stretching forever. But in my view, it's the muscle activation is what creates the space as opposed to stretching the muscle that's tight. If you, if you activate a muscle that's weak, it will switch off the muscle that's tight. And that's going back to your man's, uh, this guy, Aaron Mattis's whole thing about uh, active release is that you, if, you, if you fire up what's weak, you'll release what's tight as opposed to stretching what's tight that won't fire up that week. Does that make sense? Brilliant, yeah, no, and that, that's, that's fantastic advice. And uh, just as well, I, I suppose uh, people stay tuned to your Instagram page there uh, and you'll be putting up videos on how to actually perform those uh, stretches. I think people would really simple, simple stuff like the, like, like the knee pain type injury that people come in with, you know, this kind of pain in around the kneecap. Uh, normally, it's kind of around the patella tendon. And, um, you know, like I know some people will come in and I'll be working on their on the inside of their leg on their VMO or I'll be working on their outer quad or I'll be even working up in their hip and they might say well why aren't you working on my tendon that's where my pain is but I said that might be where your pain is but it's not the source of it and a lot of knee pain comes from the knee collapsing in because of a weak glute so our, our dropped arches are both it's a kind of a chicken and egg is the dropped arches causing the knee to come in uh, or is it the weak glute so it's it's trying to work on that but again if you if you if you're looking for a corrective process for that because if you look at somebody running and you know i walk a lot on the road to some walk and i see people going past me and you can see the the foot clipping out or the knee coming in and i really feel like throwing them a car and i'm like oh my god they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna be in trouble but uh so it's trying to correct that how can i how can i get that line straight that it's not collapsing does that make sense that the knees are collapsing in so it's again going back to that movement for the glutes up and you know down in the gym where you're doing your your hex bar and you're doing your step ups and you're doing your your split squats that's what that's for, you know. And that's, and that's the, the message we're trying to get through to people at the moment is they, they might not be uh, able to go to their PT uh, and do their normal weight training session at home, but they can still do all of these movements and exercises just using their body weight. So, yeah. you know, they, 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 it's not um, that they can't do them, they just have to uh, adjust and find a new way of doing them. And they have the they have the knowledge, you know that 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 person there is asking the question, and I presume she's going to your gym, and I presume that she's doing those exercises, so she knows how to do it. So what she does is and 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 put the single leg stuff into it, you know, like the double leg stuff is good, but the single leg stuff really isolates into that. And look at the technique, and if you are doing a hip hinge, watch the knee. Don't leave that knee come forward from over your heel, you know, especially in a hip hinge because that will really load up the front of the kneecap and you don't want to do that. It's like having a sore toe and standing on it. You want to keep the hip back, feel it into the hamstring, feel that tightness in the hamstring because when you can feel it there, it means that you are now strengthening the hamstring, strengthening the glutes because they're extenders of the hip and you're taking the whole pressure off the front of the kneecap and she can do that. So yeah. tell her get on with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
we'd, uh, we'd a client then uh, contact us there on behalf of her mom uh, who had an injury a few months ago, a shoulder injury, and she had been going to physio, uh, but obviously at the moment uh, can't uh, go to physio. Um, and she, she now finds herself struggling with pain in her shoulder. She's still doing some of the exercises uh, that she was given, um, uh, but um, she was like, you know, do you have any kind of tips or advice for her mom with regards to should she still be uh, maybe performing those exercises or something she could be doing? Uh, you know what happened to her on day one? What 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 the injury was? She she didn't give that information. Um, she she fell over and hurt her shoulder. Oh, she fell over and hurt her shoulder. Okay, so it was a, it was a trauma. So. It could be a few things. Now, without seeing her, it's hard. It's, it's difficult. Yeah. But I'll give a few scenarios here, right? So if she fell over and hurt her shoulder and she's elderly, she probably broke the neck of her humerus, which is the bone that goes up into your shoulder, right? So there's a, little, there's a little ball at the top and there's a neck just below that. So she might have broken that. And normally for that, it's a, it's a collar and cuff for six weeks and you allow the bone to heal. Uh, and then what you need to do is you need to get the shoulder moving. So if that was the case, she would have been on a pulley so she would have been working a pulley type exercise where she would have been moving the arms up above her head. Uh, she would have been working exercises with a pole, like a broomstick, and she would have been moving that up above her head. And then she would have been working the broomstick behind her back, where she would have been moving it back and then doing some rotational type exercises and sliding her arm up the wall. So if that is the case, and she did do that, and she was given those exercises, absolutely continued on those exercises, because what will happen is if she doesn't, the whole shoulder will adhese and it's like squirting super glue into the ball and socket and she'll get frozen shoulder. So mm. it's very, very important is that she keeps the circulation going. This is what this is about. Keep the circulation going, keep it warm. And that will help to activate the muscles because if you don't use those muscles, they'll, they'll get inactive and they'll, they'll atrophy. And when they atrophy, the function of the muscle is to create space in the shoulder as you lift the arm above your head. And if they atrophy, they, don't, they can't carry out their function, so you start to get jamming inside the shoulders. So uh, it would be important she does that. Now, another scenario might be um, she could have whiplashed her neck a bit as well, and that's a little bit of a, a minefield, but if that is the case, it, it could be like a trapped nerve into her shoulder, um, and she probably would be better to contact me directly, you know, if that's the case. I just don't want to be giving out advice without kind of knowing the full picture and um you know and it's important that she's safe you know so whatever she was shown if she if she went to a, a, a chartered physiotherapy clinic uh, and she was given the exercises uh, by a by a qualified person there uh, you know absolutely go ahead with them and progress them and uh, she may be able to contact uh, maybe contact that physiotherapist as well in, in in ways to to progress that but if she wants to contact me by all means there's no problem through the instagram page there just tell her send in a question and we'll be doing kind of an open i'm not sure how it works yet because i'm new to instagram and um, i didn't know even know what a hashtag was yesterday so <laughs> learning it's a very steep learning curve here right so uh, I, i'm just i'm going through this at the moment so hopefully uh either katrina or jen there will be be able to get that set up and we'll do a kind of an open open forum on that yeah like a kind of a q a where people can ask exactly, exactly. it would be nice to do it kind of then we could do it you know like like we are now that they could you know come online and we we could do some stuff you know brilliant um so um uh, Claire, he has a knee injury himself and he was just wondering um uh, on your thoughts of the uh, the effectiveness of um using a foam roller and stretching Okay, um, I use a foam roller myself. 
it's it doesn't have you know initially when foam rollers came out i think they were kind of like being deemed as the best self-help aid to use at home right um and i'm not sure about that right it's 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 a tool in a toolbox you know and depending on how small or big your toolbox is if you're depending on fo just foam rolling i think it could be quite quite a limited toolbox it, 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 the, the main thing really foam rolling is used for is releasing trigger points. Um, so if you have a trigger point, which is like an area of reduced blood flow, and when you get, a, when you get a trigger point inside the muscle, it doesn't contract the way it should do. So the foam roller will help to release that trigger point. And if you know the areas to focus on, you know, like the, the quad, you'll get trigger points there, like the IT band. Now, these can be very painful. You know, you probably tried them yourself, Keen. Like, I mean, yeah. really, to go on a foam roller on your IT band isn't nice. It's and the trauma, it, it, the pain it can cause, you know, there can be easier ways to release those points, you know, mm -hmm. um, and, and there's different options. So, uh, so going back to your, that question, so he, he said, uh, did, is it the benefits of the foam roller he wants or to The effectiveness of it. The effectiveness. Well, that, that's uh, for, for knee pain. Knee pain, yeah knee pain yeah. yeah so again you're targeting so what's again depending on how his knee pain started right so is it is it the tracking problem so is it the fact that his knee is collapsing in is it maybe that he has a little bit of an arthritic hip that's restricted that's now affecting the movement in his knee has he got an arthritic knee has he got an arthritic ankle so there's a lot of variables there on the causes and and the source of it but what i would say is um yeah, it's something I have. I have a few foam rollers. And I have one at home, and I do get on it from time to time. Um, and it, it it has an effect, but it's part of a bigger picture. You need to be doing the other stuff as well. Okay, does right. that kind of yeah. make sense? Okay. But I wouldn't throw it away. But I wouldn't throw the foam roller away. I would keep it there, but yeah. make it make it ten or twenty percent. But don't make it a hundred percent of your. Yeah, so you use it as a tool. You said as part of your overall routine, as opposed to exactly. being on an index. Yeah. And I think a lot of the a lot of the rest of the questions you, you've answered throughout, which is fantastic. And uh, maybe just one more here, um, uh, just in case you want to add anything to it, because uh, I think it's a, a lot of people will be wondering uh, at the moment, just best at home or DIY ways to deal with knots such as like tight upper back, shoulders, and neck. So, yeah. <clears throat> so, um, and again, that's something that's what I'm going to be putting on the Instagram page. Is I'm going to be giving very simple things that you can do around the house that you don't need any kind of complicated gadgets to, to release those points, right? So okay. uh, one very good one is that I, I get a ball, like a hard ball. I think I've shown you this before. So like I use a pet shop ball or you could use a hockey ball or a cricket ball and you put it in a football sock, right? And like a lot of people get pain kind of, you know, inside the shoulder blade. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> 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 or, <laughs> or top of the shoulder. So there's ways to get into that. So just throwing the ball over your shoulder and pushing your back. So get the ball between the wall and your back and push against the wall like there's somebody trying to get through a door. So don't just stand rigid against it. You need to lean into it. And when you find that trigger point, stay on it for 30 seconds or until the pain eases and then move on into the next point. So that's one area, and again, there's lots of other parts of the body that you can work that ball exercise on as well, and I'm going to go through those, each of those in separate videos on the Instagram page, on the Physio Center Instagram page, and, and they are um, very valuable bits of information that I'm giving away for free, and they will help you at home. 
Brilliant. For, for various even, even that one there that you just mentioned using the, the hair ball is massively effective. Um, oh, 100%. Really, to give that a go, like, you know, I don't, like, you know it's, it's there's there's the the and so that's one self help and um the the other one would be um there's the, the those flow exercises that I talked that uh Jennifer's going to be doing and also we're good, going to be doing a little bit of you know the muscle spindle that I talked about is trying to fur that up mm-hmm. um so uh looking at ways of firing up these inhibited muscle groups that will impact on your body you know so there's the thing called, I'm not going to get too bogged down here now, but the thing called upper and lower cross fiber syndrome where the muscles in your chest are going to be tight and the muscles in around your shoulders are going to be weak. It's called the posterior chain or the back chain down the back of your shoulders and into the back of your hips and your hamstrings. And what we'll be doing is showing ways that you can fire those muscle spindles up. And by firing them up, it will create more freedom inside the skeleton, inside the joints of your body. And that's a very good do it at home, you know, and again, your listenership, if they're going to your cells, will have very good technique and posture and they'll understand how to move. And we can show them very simple ways of how to work on that. So that that's that's another very good self-help. Another thing as well um, is uh, watch the alcohol and the coffee because they dehydrate the body. Mm-hmm. And when you dehydrate the body, it's going to have an impact on your muscle uh, and your water content and your muscle and your tendon. And it will, you will get sore, so you'll start getting soreness around your Achilles tendons or soreness around your kneecap, maybe soreness around the back and the hips. So, um, look, <clears throat> I'm not saying you have to, you know, do, do what's right for yourself, but just in moderation, you know, just, just don't be, because if you're at home and the coffee machine is there, you might be passing it and have a cup of coffee. I know I'm, I was having a lot more coffee than I'd normally have, and I was starting to get a little bit sore in those areas. So just watch that and drink a lot of water, you know, flush yeah. it out. Mm-hmm. Good advice. Uh, so um, you you've started the the Instagram uh, page, so people can go check you out there, and like uh, we find a lot of uh, useful and helpful videos there. Uh, if if people want to get onto you directly, Kevin, what was, the, what was <coughs> their best way of doing that? Yeah. So if you phone uh, the, the the clinic number is diverted onto the mobile at the moment, so they could phone the number. So it's zero two one. Four eight six six nine five five. They could do that. They could email uh, info at the physiocenter.ie. So it's T H E physio P H Y S I O center C E N T R E dot I E. So they could email, and uh, they could have a look at the website as well. Um, you know, you can see the clinic and the website, and it's it's uh, it's 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 a great building. Eventually, once we get back to work and it's it's wheelchair accessible you know it, it can you can just wheel a wheelchair in there or you can walk into it and everything is on the ground floor and there's plenty of space inside the building so um i'm very excited about eventually getting back to work and making use out of it you know, um, I know it's, it's a fantastic setup and i think we're all excited about kind of getting back uh into our hands-on where it's you with the physio and us with the personal training like you know it's uh that it's, it's going to be very exciting when it when it does eventually happen <laughs> Yeah, I kind of biting at the bit and trying to, you know, as I said, look just to some, you know, don't, don't get despondent. Like we're going to get through this, you know, we 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 will get through it, and uh, you know, try to, you know, meditation is something that I do as well. I do this breathing meditation. You can get these apps. It's, there's a, an app there. It's called Cam, which is very good. Yeah. Uh, and and breathing meditation is all about. It's just trying to peel your your mind away from the emotion. 
and and doing that thereby reducing stress and fear and you know all, all the different emotions anger and you know all, all all that you know because that's no good for anybody you know and that 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 really can get you into a rabbit hole you know so using that and using the cold showers and and trying to stay positive you know but don't be hard on yourself you know like if if you haven't been doing that that's okay it's about now it's about today um and and it's it's one it's one step at a time you know so just do the best you can and that's it and you will get out of it and we'll all work together to get this country back to the great country that it is you know and we'll all be shaking hands and hugging each other and uh you know back back to our normal self we'll get there right but we're we're, we're at the cold face but we'll get there and 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 we all gotta have that intention going forward that's my view anyway that's brilliant we're uh, thanks a million kevin there's a, a lot of fantastic advice there for our clients and our listeners um they take a lot of value value from that um so we're th- thanks million for uh joining me here today um yep. and and uh be sure to be sure to ch- check in soon thanks for having us appreciate it yeah thanks kevin thank you and to uh, all our listeners thanks very much uh for okay. uh, staying tuned um and uh you know do do uh, do stay tuned for more podcasts to follow and subscribe to all our platforms. I have a lot of homework is up at the moment on our YouTube channel, ATP Fitness uh, Cork. And um, go check out our uh, SoundCloud and Spotify pages where we'll be posting up um, more uh, podcasts in the future. Thanks, everyone.